listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand, where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd like to offer a word of welcome to everybody. Welcome. There are some seats down front here. Uh, no extra charge. <laughs> there are seats. Bienvenidos a todos. Welcome. Finally getting some proper winter weather, huh? So thankful. And um, But it's been a bit of a hard day, to be honest. We're, myself and some of my family, we're kind of sad. We're kind of mourning. My beloved basketball team, Purdue, Number one in the country, well, they were until last night. We got beat by our arch enemies, Indiana University. <laughs> so i <laughs> um, working extra hard to stay positive today, okay? <laughs> so I grew up with the head coach of Purdue's uh, basketball team, and uh, there are two types of people in Indiana. There's Purdue people and Indiana people. And uh, in my family, we have both. I'm from the Purdue people part of the family, and so, uh, you know, Indiana, we love our basketball. And it's so exciting when your team is number one, number one in the country. And then, um, but the way it goes is you say, I don't care what our rank is, as long as we beat IU, then we'll be happy. But last night we got beat by number 21, IU. Okay, so we're kind of mourning. And it's just one of those days where you're like, oh, for 40 years they've been doing this to me. Okay. <laughs> And uh, next weekend, we have the Super Bowl, right? Which is, you know, so I always feel bad for God because, you know, there's people praying from both sides, you know, like God cannot win. Somebody, you know, somebody's going to lose the game and then these people will stop going to church. They're going to stop, you know, <laughs> poor God, you know, poor God. So, but anyways, um, and then, of course, we've got some really great readings this weekend. Uh, just the, the liturgy of the church is so beautiful. So just a, a couple of stories. Um, I'll remember when um, I first left my beloved Indiana to go to the Bronx, New York City, to join the Friars. And I'll never forget the first uh, ministry that I did. So you do different ministries, you get assignments. And I was a chaplain at an orphanage. So just north of New York City, there's a big orphanage, a big campus. And a bunch of us, we went and we were chaplains. So you can imagine this whole big area and then there were um, like 20 cabins in this campus. And in the middle, there's like a big playground kind of area and all these cabins. There was one cabin that had bars on the windows. These are for all the kids that are trying to run away all the time. Um, that was my group. <laughs> so I was their chaplain for a year there at this orphanage. And even though it was a secular orphanage, the kids have a right by law to their religion. And so many of them were Catholics. So we were there every week. And, and I'll never forget walking on the sidewalk. And um, it was a beautiful day. And some of the guys were playing basketball in the, in the middle there in the playground. 
Well, lo and behold, the ball bounces off the rim, rolls all the way over to us. And uh, so the kids are saying, brother, brother, throw it back to us. So I reached down to grab the ball and it was really far away. Like, you know, we were on the sidewalk and there the basketball was like way over there. You can imagine if it was a real like basketball court, it would have been like a full court distance, like really far. So I pick up this basketball and I just chucked it right over to them. So that is the technical term, chuck. You chuck it, just threw it as far as I could. And it went in the basket. (laughs) It went in. (laughs) I wasn't even trying. I was just trying to get the ball to them and it went, went right in there. Um, If you ever see Dude Perfect on YouTube, you know, these guys that do these trick shots where they throw a basketball out of a helicopter and it that was me. And it goes in and I was like, there's this moment where these kids with jaws were just like on the ground. It was like seeing some sort of miracle. And so I said, and if you pray to Jesus and go to church, you too can play basketball like that. You know, (laughs) You score the points when you can, right? You know, it's like a four-point shot. Okay. And um, so uh, this is like one of my favorite memories. And um, so anyways, all right, back to the gospel here. Um, So I cannot promise you that if you go to church and you say your prayers, um, that your favorite basketball team is always going to win. I learned last night it's not always going to happen, nor will it, you know, a life of faith isn't going to necessarily improve your own basketball game, but it will improve your life. It will improve your life. You know, to have Jesus in your life, to be a follower and a believer, a disciple of Jesus, and to allow his gospel, his message, his word, to be the thing that that guides us and shows us the way, um, this makes all the difference. So important. And this is what Jesus is getting at, that he um, is the light of the world, which is the verse from John 8, which we had in between the Alleluias. And then in the gospel, he tells his church, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Salt at the time of Jesus, you know, used for seasoning and flavor, but also as um, a preservative, right? Uh, there were no refrigerators yet in his time. So that the church is called to be a light. It's the light of Jesus that shines through the church, a light in the darkness, and salt, salt that brings the flavor of the gospel to the world. And that's our call. Um, I'll never forget another ministry. This is going to be a little more serious. When I was in seminary, there were two of us, and we did a ministry where every week we would pray outside an abortion clinic. And that was really kind of intense and difficult. Our method was peaceful and prayerful, non-confrontational. We would be there just simply praying. In the Bronx, there are more babies aborted than born. And so we would be ministering to the people as the mothers and fathers would be coming and going. We would try to speak to them in a very gentle and loving way that there are other options. And for those who went in anyways, we would be there when they got out to talk to them about God's mercy, God's forgiveness, and um, to, I'll tell you so many stories from that time, but I'll never forget the first time God used me, there was a couple and I had the, the grace to speak with them. And because of the conversation, they changed their mind and they decided to have the baby. And that experience of being used by God to shine the light into the darkness was such an amazing experience. And I'll never forget a few months later, we get a phone call 
they called us to, to, to let us know that the baby was born and to thank us for being there that day. And uh, the brother who was with me, there were two of us doing that ministry. The day they called us was his birthday. <laughs> Can you imagine what a birthday gift, you know, to receive this phone call uh, that, that they, you know, had that grace to, to make that choice for life and something just incredibly beautiful there. Um, but it's also the ministry where the first time I experienced real persecution for my faith, you know, here in America, it's had been somewhat of a Christian country, and you know we we don't go, we don't fear, we go to mass. We're not afraid that somebody's going to hurt us. But there, doing that ministry, I had been punched, I had been kicked, I'd been spit upon, I'd been received many curses, um, and that was a blessing. Actually, that was a blessing. Jesus tells us in the Beatitudes, "Blessed are you when you are persecuted for the sake of justice and righteousness." And for me. And it really was actually a big grace to receive some of that and to pray for those people who are in the darkness. Um, and so, brothers and sisters, uh, this is our call. This is what it means to be the salt and to be the light, um, is the darkness is just everywhere. The darkness is in your pocket if you've got a smartphone. You know, it's just everywhere. You know, it, it's like, was it um, CVS in... Um, Walgreens are entering the abortion business now. It's like, what is happening? And so the darkness is everywhere. All the more, the Lord is calling us to bring his light to the world, to bring his light into the darkness, the light of his love, the light of his truth. For people who are so confused right now, they need Jesus. They need his light. Um, I'll conclude by sharing with you a little story of something that just happened the other day. Uh, Brother Pius and I are um, really big fans of this TV show about Jesus. I don't know, some of you might have been watching this show called The Chosen. Anybody, you've watched it or you've heard about it. So it's not perfect, but it's actually very, very good. And they're hoping to do the story of Jesus over seven seasons, almost the style as something you may see like on Netflix where there's like a season. And so right now we're just finishing season number three. And they had the idea to show like the final uh, grand finale in theaters. So the other day, some nice person purchased tickets for us. We got to go to the movie theater and they were advertising that there's, you really need to see this episode on the big screen. That was like their advertisement. Like you can watch it for free at home on your computer, your TV, you know, it's all for free on the internet, thechosen.tv. Okay. <laughs> um, but we went to the theater and and it's so interesting because we, you know, Brother Pius and I were talking about it like every day. Uh, mostly I'm doing all the talking. <laughs> okay. But it's like, you know, the story, like we know this, I know the story forward and backward. We it's Jesus. It's the gospel. And it's like, how in the world can you do like a show about Jesus? That's even interesting because like, we already know like what's going to happen. And and yet they're doing it. It's creative. It's, it's interesting. And it's like, it just captivates you. And it's, I'm just so shocked at how thoughtful and beautiful. The whole thing feels like it's coming from prayer. Well, here's the story. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to do a spoiler alert. So, but you know the story already. So it's not, it's not really a spoiler. So this grand finale, and the reason why they said you have to see this on the big screen, Jesus is giving this sermon and it's a huge crowd. And it's all these different types of people from different backgrounds and it's like, oh, wow. And you really get a sense of like, how would you do that? There's Jewish people. There's, you know, Romans. There's um, 
Nabataeans, there's Sumerians, there's like all these different types of people. And then Jesus, you know, has done some miracles. So the word gets out and there's like thousands of people. And when you see it on the screen, you see Jesus standing there preaching and you just see as far as your eye can see, you see people from all different looks of people. And here's what happens. Jesus has his followers stand out in the crowd and he would give a teaching, blessed are the poor in spirit. And then his followers see so many people couldn't hear Jesus because there were so many people. They would repeat what Jesus said, almost like um, there were no microphones or speakers in those days. So it's like a relay. And so Jesus taught them for two days. And we read about this in the gospel. And it became so clear to me watching this, that this is a metaphor for what we're supposed to do. How is it that we're to be the light in the world? We are to relay the message of Jesus to the world. And it was just genius the way they show this happening. And then after two days, he's finally finished. Everybody is very hungry. There's no food. And so this is the scene where he multiplies the loaves and the fishes. There's a little boy there who's got two fish and five barley loaves. It's right from the gospel. We know this story, but it was so interesting to see how they did it. The Lord said the prayer. He took the bread. He broke the bread. He blessed the bread. And this great miracle happens. But here's what, here's the thing that that happens. It's the disciples who have all these wicker baskets filled with bread and fish, and they're taking it out to the crowds. And again, it was like the way they showed it, it was a parallel to the earlier scene when they were doing the relay and it kind of complemented it in such a powerful way that our call is to bring Jesus to people, to the world, as it wasn't Jesus who walked around with the wicker baskets, it was his followers. And um, it it just, it was one of those things that just, I knew the story already, but boy, it just came home so powerfully. And it, this is our call. Now, it's almost as if I was thinking like, what if when you come forward for communion, what if I was to give you two hosts, one for you to consume and one for you to take out to the world? I'm not going to do that, but like a a prayer image, you know, that when we receive the Lord in communion, then we take him, we take his presence, we take his message, we take his light into the darkness. I was thinking of the the teaching of St. Paul, where he says the church is the body of Christ. And then St. Teresa of Avila commenting on that says, you are the body of Christ. Christ has no hands, no feet now, but yours. Yours are the eyes to look with love and compassion upon others. We are to be the voice that speaks his message. We are to be the feet that travel and the hands that minister Jesus to the world. That's what he's getting at. That's what the prophet Isaiah was prophesying to serve the poor, the hungry, the homeless, those in darkness who need the light. And um, the, the message where Jesus is offering this is such a challenge because he says, you are the salt, the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, with which will it be seasoned? You know, and it's like, that's a call out for those of us who identify as believers and yet maybe um, aren't really following the Lord at all. And we've got a lot of that in our world as well, that the darkness could even be in our hearts. And so, brothers and sisters, let us hear the words of the Lord, that challenge in that call to bring him the light into the darkness. 
And that happens everywhere you are, your families, your friends, your workplace, your school, you know, the places we go, that's where we bring him. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans mm-hmm.